Welcome back to another podcast with the Sons of Thunder. We got a great one in store for you guys. We talk about accountability and the the difference between external accountability and the accountability of the self. And uh, John has a great quote, and it goes like this from Walter Mitty: "True greatness does not ask for attention." Hope you guys enjoy the cast. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. I didn't realize Trump plays it at every one of his speeches, and he plays, you can't always get what you want. Does he really? Yeah, the entire song. He stood up there for three and a half minutes clapping. He always claps, he walks back and forth and goes, no, you. Yeah. No, you. No, you. Were you at the Minnesota rally? No, I went to the March for Life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 he was standing the whole time just clapping. He turns around, he's like, no, you. Turns (laughs) out he was behind bulletproof glass, but couldn't tell. Oh, I bet he was. That's part of the... Tactics. Mishki's whole thing was like, look up there, the sniper. I'm like, I know. <laughs> was it <there>, very <laughs> clearly yeah, just a black? Snipers? Yeah, that's awesome. Like shadow against the. <laughs> oh my god! There the were tons of them with a long hand. You're like, that's not a hand. <laughs> 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 it's on the table. Um, so <laughs> welcome to the Sons of Thunder podcast. You got John, Eric, and Sean. What's up? And Jacob is not here. Oh. Jacob is. Uh, at dinner, he's got a yeah. family thing. Family. He's got a family event. He's dinner with the priest, so that's oh, a big yeah. deal. Oh, Father Bob White, he was yeah. the chaplain at Holy Family where I went to high school. Oh, nice. He would come work out with us. The dude is uh, yoked. Is he? he's, yeah. a, he's legally blind too. What? So he every church or every mass, he has his blind golden retriever next to him. No way. And Boss. then the book for readings, like well, he's legally blind, but he's not completely one hundred percent blind. No way. So the book is. Ten times, no, that's not ten times bigger, but the it's like the font is ten times, fifteen times bigger. No it's way. like three words per page. No just, way. The, like the dog is just wearing like a white cassock. <laughs> <laughs> kind of goes over, yeah. holds, yeah. holds the book up in his mouth. <laughs> they train yeah. it to be an altar server. Yeah, it's got like the <laughs> carrying down the gifts on its back. Yeah. It's just like a, like a ring bear, but like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty so awesome. That's that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's so, so cool. cool. That's that. I mean, that's just talk about the humanity of a priest. Yeah, or you know, of just being. I anyone think can be a he priest went into beautiful. his priesthood, normal vision, and yeah. then got blind. Wow! Wow! That's so weird cool. Curse. One of my uh, that. yeah, that's <laughs> such a that's such a crazy. My aunt became blind when she was fifty five. Wow! Yeah, just totally blind, like totally black. It's it's crazy how how that happens. Mm. You know, We're so, I mean. Yeah, I mean, talk about being grateful. Oh, I mean, no, just yeah. the, the physical ability to be able to pick things up and put them down and uh-huh. see and taste and, wow, yeah. what a gift. I'd yeah. rather lose speech and hearing than vision. Yeah, man, it's the only way to yeah. perceive beauty. I mean, your ears. Helen Keller could. Yeah. She wrote extensively about it. Yeah, yeah interesting. Right. You are yeah, right. it's just crazy how, how they have those... Um, I was watching this weird video how this guy has developed, um, like, uh, sonic 
what's that called? Sonar. Uh, sonar. He developed sonar. So yeah. so he went blind, and he just starts like clicking like a bat. <laughs> and he like they put like they it's put so these cool. things in front of him, and he would walk around them. Just <laughs> <laughs> but he just developed like some sonar. <laughs> Submarine guy just. Like, <laughs> Imagine working at a grocery store or something, and this guy with just pitched out. He's wearing two eye patches. Walks in, <laughs> like, sir, he's can like, I help you today? Like, Not today. <laughs> he's like, he's like walking like clearly at a wall directly, like full speed, and he stops like six inches before. He's like, ding, 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 ding. yeah, nope. it just makes noise because everyone's like, no, 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 no. He's like, oh, he made it. He's good. I was in, when we were in Rome. It was it was so sad. I mean, um, I was I was always called the bus guy. I would I'd be walking down the street. And literally, I mean, so I just like studied the bus routes pretty well. Yeah. And well, everyone was like really impressed because I would be walking. And I would just there's the dog whisper, Cesar Chavez, the yeah. television show. There, yeah. Eric was the bus whisper. <laughs> the bus whisper. <laughs> literally, I would I'd be walking down the street with just like a you know group of us or just maybe just me or whatever, and I would I'd be like, oh, like I, I no one would know it, but I'd like look back, I'd see, oh, here there's comes the number coming. seventeen, and I would just go, I just put my hand out, and it would pull over. I'm like, guys, I'm like, guys, get on. And they're like, Eric, where does we this don't go? Trust you. I'm like, guys, just get on the bus like but one so time awesome. one time I was I you know I had just gotten off the metro and I was walking to class and there was a, there was a blind guy on, on, walking through the intersection and he walked straight into a bus and I felt so bad and I like I like and like it, it, just, it was so sad because so many people just walked right past him yeah. and no one you know and I like kind of like ran over he fell over I like ran over and like picked him up uh-huh. I kind of like kind of walked him a couple Swaddle like like a block yeah. and he's like he's like he's like oh get that he's like, you know speaking whatever Italian he's like I was gonna say merci because I'm learning <laughs> French, but that doesn't work. Uh, no, he's I like, remember. Wait, what, what is thank you? Grazie. I almost Grazie. said secular. That's te- that's Turkish, dude. I can't think of my. Jeez. Grazie. There was this one guy. Um, I was like sitting on a bench with Delexi in Uptown, and mm. this guy had. I think he had like two peg legs, <laughs> like. He lost both of his legs, but he was walking, which was yeah, crazy. Yeah. And he just totally ate it. Like, it was so sad seeing him. Whoa. And then people were walking by. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I ran over to help him up because he didn't have any joints mm. in his knees. So he oh, could not yeah. get up yeah. without someone helping him. Yeah, dang. That's I actually, crazy. I have a story that maybe could introduce our topic a little bit, but yeah. kind of on these lines. Yeah. But you, you, you're bringing up what we were, we were talking about. But uh-huh. I was, I was reading, you know, the kind of we've been talking about being a dangerous man. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I think some army colonel in the '90s wrote a book where this comes from. It's from American Sniper, I think. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of highlighted in American Sniper, the movie. Yeah. John has talked about it, but the idea of there's sheep, there's sheep dogs, and there's wolves and everything. And so I was just reading this article about it, and. You know, he he began the the author began. He said, two years ago, there were 18 people in New York City, and and a man got pushed into the into the like onto the rails. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And of the subway. Of the subway, and 18 people just stood there. No one helped him, and the train ended up coming through and, and killing him. And then one year later, the same situation happened, where a woman got pushed onto the rails. And the guy and, and, and everyone was standing there and one guy went down and kind of like chased down the attacker, punched him in the face, ran back and then helped the woman out of out off of the railway, you know, to and yeah. save her life. And it's just this idea of like there's people out there who are sheep. There's people out there who yeah. are just going to be passive, you know, people who see violence or see something happening. It's called the bystander effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, no one's doing anything. I don't need to do anything. But then uh-huh. there's also people out there when they see danger or they see something happening and their reaction isn't to, to, to take flight but is to actually engage and is to fight and yeah. I think that speaks into kind of this you know topic of dangerosity like we've been talking yeah. about and I just saw that and I'm like 
wow, I, I want to be, I want to be a type of man that if I saw that happen, I wouldn't just be passive. I wouldn't just stand there and see that happen. Totally. But I, I could step in and actually risk my life for, for someone else, you know? Yeah. I think that does relate to our topic. Just listening to our last podcast talking about, you know, um, dreaming and, and being mm-hmm. committed and stuff like that. I think holding yourself accountable is kind of the topic that I want to bring today and kind of struggle with. Cause I don't think, I don't know. I have a couple questions about it, but I yeah. think that holding yourself accountable is a great, um, practice, but I don't think it's the best thing to do because in the end you're holding yourself accountable and that kind of, you know, that, that shows that you're kind of weak in an area. And so in the beginning, I think holding yourself accountable is great. But what you're talking about is like, um, action right away. You know, you want someone to act right away. Mm. And if you're like, okay, today I'm going to do something nice for someone. And that lady gets pushed in front of the train. And then you're going to be like, oh crap, I'm, I'm not going to have anything nice to do today. Mm. I haven't done anything nice today. So I think, uh, so I think I need to go help this lady. You know, Mm. I I don't think, I think holding yourself accountable is an amazing thing that you can do and just, um, you know, to try to aim for this virtue. But I think the virtue is just, just making yourself just fully accountable, fully free to act and, you know, um, yeah, liking so, the yeah. person that you are, you so, know. So are you saying kind of like action, like an action response versus kind yeah. of like a preparation? Yeah, because I think, um, like, yeah, tell me yeah I have a couple notes mean. written down on my sheet right here, but I think it, it, um, it's about like, you, you're trying to train yourself to, for the virtue. You know, I think training is the, um, is the most important part. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, like holding yourself accountable versus voluntary goals. You know, mm, yep, that's you, good. Do, that's you don't good want yeah. you don't want an employee that you know you have to constantly be watching over, yeah. and you don't want you don't want a leader that is only doing things because um, someone else is leading them and they're going to be held accountable. So they're mm-hmm. only saying these things because they need to be said. You want to like a voluntary person that is doing these things because they actually believe them. They're doing these things because they actually. Um, you know, see the good and, and are actually acting in a way that um, that needs it. So I think holding yourself accountable is a great thing to, to train yourself. But in the end, you want that voluntary action like you were talking about got being it, a sheepdog. So are you are you saying, uh, yeah, I, I totally, I, can't, uh-huh. I understand more yeah. now about maybe the, maybe a distinction would be um, only doing things knowing that you're being held accountable versus kind of taking in a way ownership of who you are and and doing what you need to do versus kind of waiting for someone to say have you done this yet yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like the compulsion these are stages of moral development in Kohlberg's hierarchy that's perfect yeah definitely and you know there's the first stage which is basically avoiding punishment and then you progress and you self-actualize and the people at the top examples are Gandhi Martin Luther King Jr. yeah different 20th century figures that we can really admire but I think another way to phrase this is taking initiative we were just talking about this but I have a story Uh, when I was working as a cowboy in Colorado I think it was my first year maybe my second year and the guy I was working under Tim Slattery is a fantastic businessman he ran champion windows for the whole country and then sold it at just a peak moment and he was just amazingly suave guy but he was extremely like he, the reason why he got where he was 
It was all due to the fact that he took initiative. And so as a cowboy, there was a list of duties we'd have done, we yeah, had to get yep. done. Yeah. And so I'd ask him, okay, how do you want this done? Is this like this? And then mm. you want to check my work here? And I was 17 at the time, yeah. literally the Eldridgean stage of a cowboy uh-huh. and coming to being. Totally. And then towards the end of it, he was just getting kind of frustrated. He's like, John, just take initiative. Yeah. Like, just do it. And yeah. You'll get it done as soon as you find out. That's all he said, just those two words, take initiative. Mm. And he's pretty brisk. And at the time, I was a fragile kid who took criticism harshly. And I didn't have thick skin in regard to critique from like a career or a work standpoint. Yeah. Because at that point in my life, it was pretty identity related. Yeah. Uh And so now that has shaped me immensely about... Mm recognizing not wanting to call other people sheep, but the virtue of initiative is so lacking in our culture Mm -hmm. because it is the micromanagement style of the corporate headquarters where like Eric, you were just sharing before the podcast about there was a duty that came down the line Mm -hmm. from above and then it was pretty menial, but you needed to take initiative in different steps that weren't necessarily prescribed or given to you. Mm-hmm. And you're afraid of, this is something we, I want to get into later, is taking asking, what, what's that phrase? Asking forgiveness rather than permission. permission. Yep. 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 That, I think, is what defines a dangerous man. Totally. Hmm. And, and But it's it's necessary, though. I mean, going back to the idea of an employee and, like, you were talking about having someone at work who's going to take initiative. Yeah. I'm definitely someone, you know, you can kind of teach me how to do it, and then I'd rather kind of go try it a few times uh-huh. and, and, and then and then have you say, you know, like I'd, I'd rather learn from my mistakes rather than kind of walk on eggshells. It's kind of how I live and yeah. it's definitely come with virtue, but also not necessarily vice, but just mistakes. I mean, uh-huh. in general, it's like, you know, if you walk up to the plate and you just kind of keep on swinging the same way, you're going to, you know, like sometimes you're going to hit a home run, but if, if you're not yeah. open to critique or if you're not, and I think that's why it's so important to be accountable is that if uh-huh. you're pursuing a virtue or at work, if you're trying to get better at something, you know, you're going to come to the end of yourself and, and there's actually a moment you need to say, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I want to get better at this. I like doing this. Like, for example, the, the story you were sharing about, about myself, something came up at work and, and someone had said, hey, I can handle it and, it and it wasn't getting done. So I kind of, you know, I think of Extreme Ownership with Jocko Willink. It's a, it's a exactly. book he talks about um, the greatest leader is, is someone who complete, who takes complete ownership, even, even in others' failings. Um, yeah. He says that. And as a group or as a unit, he's he's a Navy SEAL, and he talks about being in the military. And he says, um, when we when we succeed, it's it's we, and when we fail, it's me. And it's you know, as 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 a podcast or as a group or as a team, um, if we lose or if we fail, the first person that needs to be kind of pointed to should always be yourself. And I yeah, think there are no to, bad teams, just yes. bad leaders. Uh-huh. Exactly. And I think you know, on, on the topic of accountability. It's, it's one that, you know, we all strive for virtue or we all pick something in our life. And I like what you said about voluntary goals versus kind of being accountable to something. Uh-huh. Because I think, yeah, we see something, I, I want to get better at, at this or I want to yeah. become a better baseball yeah. player or I want to be, you know, I, I want to read more, you know. Uh-huh. And, you know, if my roommate every day is like, hey, are you reading today? Are you reading today? You know, it's just yeah. like that's not really necessarily accountability. No. Accountability is saying I'm going to go off and do something 
right? And then I, I would appreciate if every now and then you would kind of ask me about that. Uh-huh. But not necessarily like our, our, our friendship or our relationship isn't a, like the foundation of our friendship isn't on accountability, mm-hmm. but it's on, you know, like John, you were sharing last night of like getting lunch with someone and then being, and then being like, how are you? Like really, really, how are you? And, you know, or just in kind of how like in these certain Catholic groups, we kind of just want to just cut straight to the heart in a way, uh-huh. but true friendship and true brotherhood comes from just kind of like a, it's like a theme of accountability in our life that Sean, like I know what you're trying to get better at and you know, you can see something in me and that, that can get called out in a, in a natural way, yeah. in a friendship way. But if all of our friendship is, is just accountability, there's, that's just surface level it you know, and it's just fake. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really important to distinguish how, it's good to have self accountability mm-hmm. versus, you know, mm-hmm. having other people's keep you accountable. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're holding yourself accountable and you're making those strides to, to hold yourself accountable and have that integrity to admit when you've made mistakes and stuff like that, I think it's way better than having other people hold you accountable. Mm. You know, I think it's when you have other people hold you accountable, it kind of shows that you you're, you're depending on them and you need them. But if you're holding yourself accountable, you're, you're realizing your faults and you're kind of accepting that the change needs to happen within. Hmm. And right. You, and you like at the end of the day, you are going to you're going to be the one wrestling with yourself. You're going to be the yeah. one realizing, oh, I did not do that. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it's it kind of goes down to the core of our existence. You know mm-hmm. why? Why we were created in the beginning, you know, kind mm-hmm. of the the goal God didn't want to make robots. He wanted to make free will. You know, he wanted to have that free will. He wanted to make beings that actually voluntarily chose to be with him. Yeah. And that's, and that's what he gives you at the end when you're judged. There's very many interpretations of judgment, but like, I think a good judge gives you what you want and gives you what gives you what you deserve and gives you the just justice, you know, a just judge. And I think that comes with, you know, voluntary, you know, doing things voluntarily mm. or besides doing things just for the sake of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? think, I think that free choice is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at relationships and you don't necessarily want to be persuaded to fall in love with someone. You don't yeah. necessarily want to be convinced that you should like this person or do this thing or, you know what I mean? In, yeah, in a totally. way it's like, it's like, for, for example, like you and Alexi, it's like, uh-huh. yeah, like you guys have chosen one another, but there's actually like, there's a certain accountability to your love for one another and yeah. an accountability to each other's lives. But when it becomes about doing something for someone else, you're no longer doing it for yourself. You're no longer, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the, the, the times in my life when someone kind of offers or brings something up of like, Hey, it'd be like, Hey, would you want to do this with me? Like, that'd be really cool. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, like let's, let's set this goal together. Yeah. And you're like, and you're not, if you're not in it, if your heart's not in it, it's, it's going to be just for the other person and, uh-huh. and, and it's actually going to be a disservice to, to their desire to mm-hmm. do that. And, and I think it, th- there comes a point, however, kind of what we were talking about earlier of, of you at the ranch, John, of like, th- there's a, there's an incubation period yeah. of being trained. There's an incubation yeah. period, I think as a young man that I appreciated being held accountable with men in my life, right? Whether it was going to the gym or, you know, how's your relationship with your girlfriend, things like that. However, the, there is also a time when you, the egg needs to hatch in a way and yep. you need to kind of go, change from the cowboy to the warrior to, in a way of like, okay, I've trained you. You don't need to ask for my permission anymore. And I think that comes in faith too of like the Lord kind of forms you and it's no longer just kind of like, okay, Lord, like what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do today? But like he actually entrusts us with something that we can actually bring places. And, and going back to the whole dangerous 
mentality. He kind of trusts us to be to be dangerous. And, yeah. and, and like we talked about earlier in past podcasts, of if if we're not formed enough, or if we're not held accountable early on in our in our lives, we're not going to be trusted, or you know, we're not going to use these gifts to the fullest of their extent. If that makes sense. So I think there's totally. a, like there's there's a moment of being held accountable and then kind of setting off on your path in your own accountability yes. and self accountability. Right. And just how many times are we going to say kind of to the point that you were saying, Sean, I, I, we've got to distinguish these differences because yeah, let's, let's, let's get deeper. Yeah, it's good yeah. to have the accountability of brothers, but yep. I think what you were trying to describe is the very much the childish mentality of you needed a parent yeah. or someone to teach you how to do these things. But we are having, we're at a point in our lives where we're having to make these decisions in our own, not necessarily with a guide in front of us. In fact, we're the only ones besides God's providence, but it's not imminent. Like we don't have answers every day except for his vision and his presence walking alongside us. And it's very frustrating. Um, I was just rereading or re-listening to the grand inquisitor scene from brothers K Mm, Nice. and that's the biggest thing that, well, the grand inquisitor stands for all of the rational critiques of Christianity. He's, getting very frustrated at the figure of Christ for dying for our freedoms, you know, the three temptations. And he's like, well, if you would have just given them earthly bread, if you were to just give them the next step, Hmm. always be leading men that their, their guilt, the conscience would not be um, so immensely heavy that they would like loathe you Christ, because Hmm. you you took that away. You took away all the guiding posts. We've had to step in as a church and fulfill (laughs) that earthly bread kind of thing. Uh But, I find it very liberating to be able to become the man. And I was having a great conversation with Josh Pine last night. Shout out to Josh at the Super Bowl. He's a fantastic friend and great man. But Josh and I were discussing how father figures in our lives or just general men that we can look up to have failed or have produced great a bitter fruit, you know, whether it was yeah. guys like McCarrick or different kind of stars in the sky that have fallen, so to speak. And so we're at a point, you're Sean, you're literally a biological father. You <laughs> yeah, have yeah. to, you, your father's still in the picture. Thank God. Uh-huh. And like we live in a country that there are always going to be men you can look up to, but you're forging your own way and we're forging our own ways. Yeah. And so it's good to have guys like us coming together sort of, coming to counsel and recognizing where we can as tacticians go, but also just thinking about if you were in war, you'd have to assign general areas. Like I was just watching Lord of the Rings again, so the cool. Tower, yeah, yeah. Return of the King, where Theoden's like, okay, you take the left flank, you take the right flank. Yeah. That's sort of a guideline, you know, mm-hmm. parts of the Caribbean, more guidelines, not rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, since graduating college, uh, I've kind of realized that, you know, I'm no longer really... Uh, like I'm the, I, it's very easy to feel aimless, you know, it's not like, Oh, I just have to get finish this project. And you know what I mean? Like there's actually some things that, um, I, more so in the last year or so I've been realizing, um, no one's really going to challenge me as much as I should be challenged other than myself. Yes. And there's a certain kind of ownership that you need to take over yourself and say, I know what I need to be getting better at, or, you know, I need to get, I, I need to go to work earlier and things like that. You know, your mom's not going to wake you up in the morning anymore. You know, it's just like, like there's not as many immediate consequences Definitely. in life. And I think that's what, that's what it looks like to kind of move away from that big group 
or like that group accountability or like, you know, relation, relational accountability. Hive mindset. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Leaving the hive or just, yeah, like that. I think the, a move from relational accountability is to one of more immediate consequences of like, you're actually in charge of your own actions and therefore you should also accept the immediate or the in general consequences in a way. Um, thinking about uh, relating to what you're saying about Lord of the Rings. Um, I've just been thinking of like men's community as, um, band of brothers. I've been, I'm a huge fan of band of brothers and there's this, um, I mean, just in military in general, there's kind of this, uh, promotion, this in a way that they pursue missions in a way is that there's a platoon of like 16 guys. And then there's a Lieutenant who's kind of in charge of that platoon. And then the Lieutenant reports to the captain who's kind of at HQ. And I myself feel very much kind of in the platoon right now. I've just, I'm like, kind of like, I'm in life with, with a bunch of men, you know what I mean? And, and we're given some direction, like the Lord kind of speaks something and we go after it and we're, we're in it together, but we're most, we're, mo- we're most on the front lines of life yeah. right now. We're the most on the front lines of our everyday and in our jobs and everything like that. Um, but then there's men like, you know, like I, I think of men in my life. I'm like, you're kind of like a Lieutenant to me. It's like, you kind of, you know, like you're a little older than me, a little bit more experienced. And I, and I look up to you and I kind of receive direction from you. However, what you give me, um, it's, you know, it's not like you're going to be managing, micromanaging my life. Like I need to actually there's receive so many limits to yeah. that. Yeah. Especially yeah. from that masculine figure. Now in our period, um, Josh and I were discussing a particular figure in our lives who had been very influential, but it's currently distant and not, feeding us on a reciprocated level and that's i think it's stark and it's painful at first to realize that you're on your own but that's a mark of adulthood yeah yeah absolutely uh yeah yeah it's just i think kind of relating to that just i think i've been really leaning into my responsibilities you know being married and having a kid my responsibilities are just like through the roof now Mm -hmm. and so you know i'm responsible for my actions and my actions definitely do have so many repercussions. And Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, being in marriage, you know, my actions affect Alexi now and now my actions affect Alexi and Alexi affects Liam and Mm -hmm. then I affect Liam, you know, and I affect my family. So it's like, I think that Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm, I don't like when people, you know, I, I'm not I'm not that much of a fan of like external accountability. I I love internal accountability. Maybe mm. a very strong will. Yeah, I think I have a very strong will, and I love discipline. And like, if I need to work out, I work out. You know, I'm a very like very straight laced and black and white when it comes to like. Mm. Oh, I was struggling with um, purity. Okay, well, I, I guess I'm just not going to do it. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. stop, and yeah, and then yeah. that that's all it takes for me. But I know everyone's totally different when it comes to accountability, but it's, you, you realize your responsibilities. And I think with the, with getting into marriage, I'm realizing so many of my actions do have effects. Mm. And I think just being married to Delexi, John and I were talking about this early, earlier, we're very similar. So, you know, you, Delexi sees things in me that she sees in herself and she doesn't like the things that she sees in herself. So then she gets you know, angry with me. And then I know, I know that I was struggling with this thing. And so like we're, she's bringing it to me, but I know I'm self-aware a little bit. Mm. And what it ultimately comes down to is just me admitting that I made a mistake. Mm. And I think that's the first step with holding yourself accountable is that you need to admit that you're, you're struggling to yourself. You know, you need to admit that 
hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I, I, I need mm-hmm. to change. Mm-hmm. I need to make that little change. And, and the, the ways that I'm acting are not helping me with my life goal. You know, they're not helping me wherever I want to get. Let's say you're trying to, you know, make the Olympics or something like that. Eating those potato chips are not helping you. Yeah. And so I think it, it needs to have that. You need to have that realization that you're, you're not, you're making changes for the worst. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're constantly changing. And I think I'm the first one to kind of really realize that, Hey, uh, my life is in the pooper right now. I can, I can make a change right now and change it, you know, and start making changes for the, for the better. So I think it just, you you have to realize that your life is changing. Mm -hmm. Would you say those differences that you were talking about habits and different actions, would you say in general, perhaps in your life or from a more macro scale, the way our culture is going? Because the way I see it, it's the fact that people are more passive. And obviously, we our whole podcast yeah. is geared towards being a strong, active male energy. Definitely. So would you say those circumstances, Sean, where you're kind of beating yourself up or people in your life are trying to keep you accountable for particular situations, are those the ones where you're more passive, like you're not stepping up to the plate or you're going past it and you're being too reckless? Like which side of the spectrum are you on? I think it varies, but I think where I get mostly called on is where I don't, uh, where is where I'm not acting. Yeah. Where I'm, you know, I'm I'm being passive and Alexi's like, Sean, you need to be stepping up. You need to be, you know, talking more or whatever it may be. So like personally, I know that I'm, I'm, I don't do that. You know, I know that I'm not, you know, interacting enough or I'm not reaching out to her family enough, stuff like that. Yeah. And so when she brings that stuff up, I need to admit it. I need to verbally admit it to her mm. because I know, but right. There's an ideal know. that's not being met. Uh huh. And it's frustrating when we see that ideal not being actualized, but other people totally. call it to light. And I think that's important. But what we're getting back about is the external accountability, but also the internal cultivation of will. Yeah. And that's something that, everyone preaches as like a prerequisite to manhood yeah reading Nietzsche it's all about cultivating well his is not a Christian optic but it's the same thing reading Jose Maria Escriva I spoke about this several times to become a man in pretty much anyone's definition is all about cultivating a strong will of taking it's it's taking initiative it's following through it's creating a sphere of influence that you really don't need someone to tell you what to do because yeah. you can recognize that you're failing here or yeah. you're going too far here. Yeah. Yep. And I, and I think it's so important though. Um, I mean, I feel like we're just tiptoeing the line of habits, kind of like bringing up the idea of yeah. habits and talking about consequences and what we do. You know, we, we've talked about before habits are like compound interest. It's, they're small things that have a big impact over time. Yeah. Um, however, going back to kind of the formation of, of man, um, not like a formation of a young boy because mm-hmm. you know a young boy doesn't necessarily know what he should be doing right it's you know he's kind of in this in this formative time and i feel like we're kind of on the back end of that and we're kind of going off into life and you know i think we're kind of at the front row seat of of life right now and kind of just in taking it in and it's pretty intense um 
but how we receive life kind of in our 20s, I think, is filtered through how we were formed kind of in our teens and throughout college. Oh, exactly. And, um, and that's why I think it's so important, you know, if you're, if you're a young man out there in college or in high school listening to this, like, um, don't, don't feel like you're at the time when, when you, I, I need to know what I'm about. I, you know, I, I can't have accountability anymore. I think it's so important to have accountability as a young man because it's in that time that we discover what we should be doing, right? But then there comes a distinct moment when, okay, I need to now kind of take ownership of myself, take ownership of kind of who I am. Like you, like I think, yeah, Johnny, you just said it of, uh, you know, a sign of a man is, is knowing the will of himself and understanding his conscience and understanding what, what's moving in his heart. But there's a time to discover that. And, and I think the time to discover that is amidst, amidst community and brotherhood and college. I mean, I just think of college as the most formative time is because you're just encountering people and you're learning what works for yourself and what doesn't and what, what fills you and what empties you and things like that. But it's so dangerous because when you're out of that, there's not, there's no, like the bumpers on the, on the bowling lane are kind of taken off and you, and, and you fall in the gutter analogy, a lot, yeah. right? You just fall yeah. in the gutter a ton and you keep on throwing the ball. Like, I'm in the gutter, I'm in the gutter. But Sean, you mentioned earlier, and I think it's so important that it's never too late to start over. Yeah. You know, like I think the first step is understanding I need help or like, Hey, I, you know I mean? Like, there's, there's times in my life where I just feel like I've been kind of, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a metaphor guy and just for myself recently, I feel like I've been trying to you know, row this boat out into the ocean and I just keep on getting washed up onto the shore continuously. And then it's actually very helpful for me to go to my roommate or go to a friend and say, Hey, would you, would you want to help me kind of go like, like yeah. row this boat with me out there? You know what I mean? Uh -huh. I, I need some help, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so important, but at the same time, talking about a self accountability, taking ownership of yourself as a Christian culture and as, and as Christian men, we also need to be holding others accountable. Like mm -hmm. I, I need to be able to see something happening in John's life and feel the freedom to say, Hey man, like, like, do you need help with this? Let's work on this together or yeah. whatever. Or I see this in you and I, you know, kind of things like that. I just feel like if, if we're not calling each other on, cause I think what accountability should be is you're calling the other person on and you're calling yourself on. Yeah. Um, and if you're not doing that, then you're not, you're not genuinely, you're not being generous with, with your time and with, uh -huh. with others, if that makes sense. You don't care. It, it kind of seems like you don't care yeah. about where you're going and where you're at. And the era of self-righteousness comes in, too, because you think you got it down. The totalitarian, look, I got the rules down. The Pharisaic uh, mindset comes in where you become the one who's preaching all yeah. of your faults, Sean. Uh -huh. And my log within my eye is totally missing. Yeah. So totally. I think that's what I really fall into, thinking that what I do is like the right way. You yeah. know, my way is the right way. But yeah. I think... Accepting my faults is kind of where, where I kind of hit the, hit the ground, you know? And so kind of why I wanted to bring this topic up was just because I think in marriage, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm Delexi is holding me accountable a lot more externally. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of forcing me to want to internally hold myself accountable. It's you a, know? amazing. Well, you, the one flesh. Yeah truism is true uh -huh. you guys are one person but you're still a separate i don't know theologically anyways there's that distinction we're trying to draw between the external accountabilities which are good at a certain critical point in your formation but entirely within that which is sean this whole podcast's impetus is that we as men need to cultivate that internal will that voice that's like you can do this yeah you've done it before you have what it takes. Uh -huh. uh, reach further. Let's do two, five more extra reps. Come on, here, 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 whatever it is in your life. Uh, that discipline that comes from the 
the matter-related corporeal sense of why we lift weights, why we go running, is to that's a great way to hone in your capability of creating accountability for yourself. Yeah. And having someone in your life, like an intimate partner or good, uh-huh. good friends, friendship is a necessity wherever you're wherever you're at in life. Yeah, it's very important to have those people around you, like we just talked about, you know, have that community learn in college and learn from those around you. But I think it, just what I'm kind of struggling with is just that internal accountability because it, it, in the end of the day, you know, I'm the only one in my head. I'm, a, I'm yeah. the only one that has to sleep with myself at night. Yeah, no, you only answered the two people. <laughs> yeah. You only answered yeah. yourself and God. Yeah, so it's like yeah. I know the the shit that I overcome, or uh, I know the the stuff that I don't do. You know, the places that I fall short. So I think I want to really hold myself accountable and be able to hold myself accountable, so that I don't have to hold myself accountable. Right. If and that makes sense. The easiest way to do it is I, I like the lifting analogy in a lot of these uh, forms that I take part in. It guys. Way overcomplicated. Keep yeah. it simple, stupid. That's the best way to yeah. do it. Get good sleep, read good books, eat good food, lift hard weights or whatever your means yeah. of exercise yeah. is. And then as soon as you get the small things done, that's the one of the greatest maxims of life. Do the small things and the great bigger things come into place. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, the I think a definitive moment of moving from self or from group accountability and, you know, asking for others' help and, and trying to help out. Or trying to discover who you are through others. Generally, weak, like that's a weakness, right? You're describing yes. the transition. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, the, the transition comes when you decide to do things kind of without like telling people in a way. I think like, yeah. I have such a temptation that like when I want to make a change in my life, there's something in me. And I think it's because I'm like transitioning into this new area of my life of wanting to be more self-accountable to myself is, is one that like... When I want to make a change, I'm not going to go to the, my good friend and be like, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to make the change. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it." You know yeah. what I mean? It's <laughs> it's rather just like I'm going to wake up in the morning and say, "I'm going to do this." And I'd rather have someone see me doing that and being like, "Well, what made you want to do that?" versus being like talking about it and talking uh-huh. about it. You know what I mean? Because I think because yes. I think uh, you know the young man, the cowboy, talks about his adventures. He talks about his feats. You know what I mean? He, he brings it up and he talks about it a lot. And I'm discovering more that like. What, what's more true and actually what's what's a better gift to myself is one that when I want to make a change, I just start doing it rather than talking about it. Yeah. You know? That's Walter Mitty again. Where Nice. Bre- no, Sean Penn's character says true beauty doesn't ask for attention. Well, we can yeah. replace it and say true greatness doesn't ask for attention. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Well, it's... Uh, it's the tenor and tone of humility is well you don't really need anyone else to yeah. care because at the end of the day if it's really about appeasing yourself if you need to be lenient to some respect like sean you're a big peterson guy where he talks about you can't be a tyrant to yourself that's a yeah. terrible way to live but also god's not a tyrant so it's finding the proper balance practically i i really find that if you like we shouldn't really break from tradition. So there are ways that you can um, mortify yeah. your life, whether it's mm, I'm just going to eat one less meal today or I'm going to yeah. get up 20 mm-hmm. minutes earlier or I'm literally going to just walk around when I'm tempted or bored, whatever. I can change my circumstances internally by changing them externally. So yeah. that's a great way yeah. to start with accountability within yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that just on the macro topic of finding out what it means to be a dangerous man. I think when I look back on my life, I want to be pleased with the, the kind of man that I chose to be, you know, satisfied, satisfied. And I, I don't want to be a dangerous man for, because 
that's what I, I think is cool. You know, mm. I, I want to be living my life in a way that is dangerous. It's you for know? you. Yeah, it's for me. That's our heritage is mm-hmm. our ancestors somehow got us here by doing it for themselves and for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a general exterior goal and motivation, but it, it's, it's the internal locus of control. That's another, we're kind of delving into the psychological jargon throughout this whole podcast, but you possess the means to change yes. anything. Yeah. This is Viktor Frankl's thing where he wrote uh, man's search for meaning. Well, this is about his experience in Auschwitz and, finding how people could still exist in like literal hell. And it's because they, there are parts of you that are untouchable that no matter your circumstance, you always have the freedom of choice within Mm. to choose your internal circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I just want to reiterate what you said earlier that like we are only accountable to ourselves and to God. And then I think when, when you get down to that, when you get down to this identity and relationship with, with the father, that whatever happens in your life or um, you're no longer doing things to please others, there's a certain kind of freedom that you find in that. And it's actually a certain kind of just like peaceful joy. It's so masculine too. I was just reading a book about this Dominican Geronimo Savonarola. He was a guy who started kind of a plebeian insurrection in uh, pre-Medici Florence. I think like 1200s, he was a Dominican friar. But he did some stuff that pissed off the church. So right before he was burned at the stake, one of the archbishops of the area said, I excommunicate you from the church militant and the church eternal, meaning the one on heaven and on yeah. earth. Wow. And his last dying word was, yes, I am excommunicated from this church, but not you have no authority over the eternal one. <laughs> so he's just reiterating again that, again, it's only between me and God. It, you yeah. can't have that very solipsistic, like, okay, it's only my, not not to ram on the Protestants, but it's, it's not about me and Jesus, but I think in these virtuous Uh realms or these discipline related things, it is only you. Uh And that's biblical as well. Proverbs talks about it. And you could think back to Job where he's getting pissed and you can't blame God or others when you shirk responsibility for these things that you have to take ownership of. That is how we become. It's a great way to jump into masculinity in adulthood. Mm-hmm. So yeah. wrapping up practicals, I would yeah. say read more literature that challenges you mm. at least yes. a half hour a day. Like there's no excuse. Even we have 24 hours a day. Yeah. No one has more than you. Yeah. Why are people smarter than you? Or like everyone starts. Now, I, I don't yeah. want to say we're out the tabula rasa, but <laughs> everyone has the same set of internal circumstances that they can control. And this is what we've been discussing all the way back to the um, dark room podcasts Hmm. where you can master your internal and over time your external changes. And I I find literature to be one of the best ways to do that. So guys read a book. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, I think literature is really important because it'll, um, once you start reading something, you'll be able to kind of filter it through your own reality and kind of discover more about how you respond and how your heart's kind of responding to what you're reading. I need to read more. That's yeah. what I'm learning. My practical would be uh, if you know if you're if you're if you're my age, if you're our age, 24, 25, and you kind of have this inkling. You know, Joe Masick talked about on the last podcast of kind of giving you know this idea of obeying anyway, of kind of getting a, a movement or a sense that you should do something and just doing it. Um, I would, I would encourage you out there. Um, like, like I said, if you're kind of our age, 24, 25, 
if you want to do something, don't ask for permission. Just do it. You know, it's like if, if, if you want to have someone over, if you want to, like, plan up a group event or if you want to, I don't know, just go to prayer or absolutely anything. Even relationally. Yeah. Any relationally, just ask someone out or, like, anything. Just just do it. Yeah. And, and, and kind of, like, begin to flex that muscle of taking risks with yourself and not necessarily relying or, or worrying about what other people are going to think. Um, I think there's such a, a gift we can be to community and a gift we can be to others when we just start to act with who we are and yeah. we kind of just kind of, you know, kind of gird your loins and, and just kind of take who you are and just say, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm not going to ask for someone to join me. I'm just going to say, hey, do you want to do you want to come do this? Or, hey, I'm going to go do this. Yeah, yeah. I think what you're trying to say is act more like a pirate. Be yes. more piratical. Yeah, yeah. Have guidelines, not rules. Yeah. Take risks in life. Live your life in his adventure. Now yeah, this is a just amazing period of our yeah. existence where but, we're but, young twenties and we yeah. have what it takes. Yeah. We can do yeah. It. yeah. But like generosity for like me right now, generosity is so just impactful with my life that like if I want to go do something like I want to I want to do something that's going to be generous or is going to kind of inspire gratitude in some way. yeah I mean yeah exactly like a desire for magnanimity that's going to be an action towards something but ultimately uh, for the good of others and for ultimately the good of myself and the, the, the Lord too I guess yeah I think mine would be just don't get discouraged by lofty or big goals that you have yeah. for yourself yeah and just start focusing on the day-to-day and the <clears throat> informing small habits. Yeah. You know how habits are not formed one day. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a very long time to form strong habits and hopefully yeah. they they turn into habits. Quoting the late candidate Marianne <laughs> Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> she's long gone. But she was the one who wrote Our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, but our greatest fear is that our we are capable beyond our imagination. Yeah. Ooh. Beyond measure, baby. Yes, beyond all measure. That's yeah. a good one. But she was a horrible politician. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean she can't have truth. Yes. But exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, all right. Well, that's us on this. That's all we got. Chilly Monday evening. Jacob yes. later. Also, just a quick shout out to Jake Walters. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. Great guy. We went rock what climbing. <laughs> yeah. We went rock climbing the other day. Super fun. Uh, dude, thanks for listening. He's been a listener for over a year now, and we really appreciate the support. So, yeah. Jake, you're the man. Yeah. Jake and Viet are fantastic uh, guys at St. Thomas. They're just amazingly pure and holy guys that I, I really look up to. Yeah. yeah Jake, strong. Jake got second, I believe, and I hope I don't butcher this. Second in the state trap shooting, he hit like 98 out of 100 targets. Oh, my goodness. And what? after we went... We got to go ski shooting yeah, with this guy. <laughs> we went to a horse and hunt club about a month I ago got at like this point. Two, I got the two out of <laughs> yeah, 100. Yeah. Kabammy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'd be really embarrassing if we go with Jake. Like, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe no, we I, should. would lo- I, mean, I would love to see him just in his element, yeah, just seriously. going off. Yeah, that, I, that'd I, be I, sweet. I'm never more inspired than like seeing a man like do something that he's trained and really good at and uh-huh. just kind of being inspired by freely that. and like a pirate yeah so jake like jake this is my like promise to you in the next six months we're gonna go skeet shooting and i want you to kick my butt i'll pay for you let's do it it's on the sun <laughs> let's do it on the sun and this is john saying goodbye and eric saying what's up ciao and sean saying see ya Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.